Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast. We talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. And as you can probably tell by there only being a single screen, that I am flying solo today. Yeah, uh, my co-host has got an event this weekend, but uh, the news doesn't stop. So we thought we'd at least try the format to bring you guys some news while uh, the full team isn't together. Uh, he should be back next week. Uh, so everybody, wish you for a great weekend. And we will forge on. Uh, we will still keep the format of news relatively the same. I mean, I may ramble a little bit because I don't have my guard with me to keep me on the rails. But uh, as per usual, we will start with listing the topics. So you guys kind of know what's going down for the news this weekend. Uh, we have our first topic, which is Windows 11 uh, and the ISO files that have been released. So it is now officially becoming uh, a full testing bed. No, uh, I mean, insider programs are normally uh, full testing beds, but with ISOs, people can get uh, the full experience, out-of-box experience, which we'll discuss in a little, a little bit later. Uh, and with that, uh, we were also given uh, testing and teases of new apps and new app designs. They refer to some of the inbox apps, and we'll go over those a little bit later. Uh, we also have uh, a new Paint app. Uh, this kind of coincides with uh, some of the new inbox app experiences we'll be getting from Windows 11. Uh, lastly, we'll be talking about Intel's uh, Alder Lake. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, I apologize. Um, and how it's going to help Windows 11 keep pace with the M1, so to speak, uh, because everything is a competition. I mean, I think that's the best way to frame things is to give people a dichotomy, but uh, we'll also explain kind of the details of the, uh, of the boost performances coming with uh, Alder Lake. And then we'll do the fast recap. Uh, I may take my time, depending on how, how quickly I get through the regular news, because uh, there isn't two of us. So uh, maybe I will do 11 minutes. Who knows? Uh, I, I doubt it. So going to go for six. But we'll be talking about Microsoft's investments in Zero Trust Data Management Company rubric, which uh, is big news. Uh, and I'll explain why. It took, it took a little bit of reading and extra investigation for me to figure out why. Uh, so I'm going to give it to you guys. You guys will be a step ahead of me. Uh, in the uh, Indian budget hotel chain, Oya, uh, their investment in that at $9.6 billion, or I think the acquisition, actually. Uh, and then we have Microsoft testing Windows 10 21H1 features um, because it will be around for a few more years. Uh, and lastly, we'll wrap up with Xbox getting a 4K dashboard. So for us gamers out there, you gamers, I play games. You guys are probably more gamers than I do, uh, than I am. Um, we'll talk about some 4K dashboards, uh, as well as some uh, games coming to Xbox and some new improvements for uh, xCloud. Then we'll do the week ahead uh, where we'll talk about Windows 11 builds, the final Edge 94 build and dev channel, and then Microsoft ending support, or at least it's, it's Microsoft 365 support for Internet Explorer 11. I mean, it's trying to put it out to pasture and users aren't letting it just quite, but they're starting to kind of rein in some of that. Uh, so that's how we'll end it. And I think I have some hardware that I can talk about as well towards the end. So with all of that said, let's all take a deep breath and get into the news. Uh, so like I said earlier, we have uh, the first official Windows 11 ISO being released this week. Uh, so for those of you who want, again, like I mentioned a second ago, a clean install, you can do so. Uh, with the new ISO, you can go over to the Windows Insider download preview page and pick that up. Um, and, you know, for those of you who are downloading ISOs, you kind of know what to expect. Uh, if not, then for you brand new people, you will need to have uh, preferably a thumb drive. I think we used to do it on like old CD-ROMs when we, back in the day, when we were able to burn those ourselves and, and uh, devices came with optical drives. But 
for mostly everybody else, you'll need a dedicated USB drive to kind of put the, uh, the uh, image on in order to rerun it and get the clean install. With that being said, uh, the difference between that ISO and just doing it through the dev channels, again, is that clean install and you will, uh, when doing it, will be greeted with a new name of your PC and a new startup setup uh, out of the box. So these are things that people who uh, will be using Windows 11 for the very first time uh, on the very brand new machine this fall, we'll get that. And it's kind of a cool thing because I don't know how many of you actually going to name your PCs. Uh, for us for us in you know, journalism uh, who are given review units, things like that, uh, naming your PC becomes a big uh, thing because you have to identify what the device is. Most of the time, uh, manufacturers use a combination of random numbers and letters. And if you uh, own more than one, two or three devices that you can quickly identify, if you don't know the names of them, you could be in de you could end up deleting um, PC uh, licenses and certificates on different devices that you had no intention of doing. So, uh, one way people used to do it was they would go to the settings menu, uh, go into I think about section, and then you'd have to rename it and then restart the device. It's a pain in the butt. Uh, so this new out of box experience of being able to name your PC right at the at the get go and not necessarily have to restart the device, you can just keep going with it, is, I think, uh, going to be great for a lot of people. Uh, I don't know necessarily what the new uh, walkthrough for the setup is quite yet, because I've been doing everything through the Insider. But um, as I get more information about that, um, we will post about that. So uh, I believe our managing editor kit might be testing an ISO version. So uh, we should have more information through the walkthrough process uh, for the out-of-box out of experience soon on our website. Uh, next up, we have, uh, a, with the new build, uh, with, the, with the ISO coming down the pipeline, we also got a new build, and we got our first taste of some new uh, apps, or at least the, the actual teasing of an app that came to fruition. Uh, I believe last week, uh, Panos Panay was in charge of Windows Design and Surface Hardware and a bunch of other stuff that's all commercial-oriented or consumer-oriented, uh, was teasing the uh, Alarm app. Um, and you know, might be scratching your head like, well, didn't it already get redesigned? And what's so special about the alarm app? Well, um, what he was teasing was an integration called Focused, um, oh, what was it called? I apologize. Um, Focus Sessions, there we go. Uh, where it would allow you to uh, set up a time, a, a time frame, which is kind of like Focus, where you block out a, a, set, a set amount of time and you're able to pair your Spotify um, account with this setup so that you could actually in that blocked out set of time run a playlist uh it's a cool little nifty little uh kind of a collaboration uh and when he tested it out you know when he teased it it wasn't ready but as of i believe two days ago we finally got that integration uh it's cool it's a little clunky still because what it does is it opens up the spotify app once you decided to pick a playlist so i mean it's not too dissimilar from just going in, picking a playlist and Spotify yourself. Uh, there are some new settings that you can kind of dive into to uh, uh, you know, sync your Spotify account, as well as set the uh, notification um, time, like the sounds for the notification. So when your time is up, you can pick through a very, uh, through a very, uh, yeah, variety of sounds to kind of let you know, hey, you've spent an hour focused on you know, video editing or working in an Excel sheet or uh, writing your emails or triaging your emails. Um, so again, 
uh, I will have some B-roll running in the background, not this background, um, that will, you know, kind of get you, give you guys a taste of what, uh, what is there. Uh, so when you, up, uh, yeah, when you update to the new uh, build, you will get this version of uh, the clock. Now you have to go into uh, the apps, uh, like your Microsoft store and update the app through there because uh, it won't just be an automatic one. So once you've update, up, uh, upgraded or updated your uh, build for Windows uh, 11 Insider, go to the store and then you can grab the app. Uh, next up, we have uh, another app, which is being teased, which is the Paint app. Uh, he's, you know, Panos is on this, and this is the second app he's teased from uh a profile of, I don't know, it looks like about 13 inbox apps for Microsoft. Uh, so I don't know if we can do each individual one until time of release, but he's been teasing them one, uh, one after the other. And so the next one up was Paint. Uh, uh, first it was uh, Snipping Tool, which we did finally get the, the full testing version of Snipping Tool. Then it was the Alarm app with uh, Focus Sessions integration. Now it's Paint and um, we haven't gotten it yet, but he teased it. And it basically looks like the redesign of, or, or mashing of UI elements from Paint 3D and from the, the original Paint. Uh, it leans more towards the original Paint, so don't get you know, freaked out if you weren't a fan of Paint 3D. They aren't going full-fledged in that direction, but they are uh, putting more things in the ribbon, so to speak. Uh, they're spreading out the color options and the sizing and the uh, cropping tools are all visually on the ribbon, just we're hiding that kind of stuff. And I think that's in line with being able to make it a touch-friendly experience where putting all of the elements up front without having people having to drill with their fingers in the submenus. Uh, it looks really neat. Uh, I'm excited to try it out. Uh, hopefully we'll be seeing uh, a test version, I mean, one that users can use within the next week or so. It seems to be, uh, he teases it within about four days past and then we get a new one. So maybe Tuesday or so uh, users will be able to test out the paint app. Uh, last but not least, uh, as far as our topics are concerned, is uh, Intel's Alder Lake. Uh, and this is probably the biggest news that's, uh, well, one of the bigger things that came out this week regarding Microsoft. And what that is, is uh, during, I believe, Intel's annual architecture day event, um, they've gone over a bunch of different uh, technologies that they're working on, uh, some roadmaps as well, but one of the nuggets that we got and we kind of latched onto was um, the x86 uh, Intel Alder Lake processor, uh, which is now going to be using uh, working in conjunction with Microsoft's Thread Director. Um, so what ends up happening is, uh, I believe uh, the new Alder Lake is using Intel's first ever hybrid uh, architecture, and again, we heard hybrid architecture coming from the likes of Apple with their one. Uh, it isn't necessarily uh, uh, graphics on a chip uh, like that is. What they're doing here is they're combining two cores, which is one is a performance core using a microarchitecture and an efficient core. Uh, so, I mean, I guess it's sort of similar to the other one actually. Um, and what it's supposed to do is uh, ensure maximum, uh, maximum system performance where they're allowed to essentially dump off or offload some of the background tasking of the chip uh, while also keeping space and uh, resources available for peak performance. Uh, so instead of having to uh, you know, fly from one side of the motherboard to the other to kind of uh, tax uh, the chips in order to 
get the performance out of them, uh, they'll kind of constantly just be running uh, and one will just be at a low performance level. And then whenever there's a spike, uh, the chipset will you know, re-engage and uh, give you that performance boost. Now, what makes this uh, more along what Apple is doing, or at least as competitive to that, is that it will be working in conjunction with our new performance and efficient course, you have seen the details of one of the biggest advancements in x86 architecture in over a decade. So let's put that in context. We have shown you this roadmap of coves and mounts in the past. You may have noticed we have changed our nomenclature since. Our mounts were designed for the best area efficient multi-threaded performance. Our cores were designed for maximum single-threaded performance. Now, while efficient core truly excels in throughput efficiency, it's also getting a boost in single-threaded performance. And the performance score is not only pushing the limits of low latency and single-threaded performance, it's also getting a boost in multi-threaded performance with additional AI acceleration. But where we want to be is here, where we can combine the best of both, best of both in one system to get the raw performance of the P-core with the scalability of the E-core. We need a very high performance hybrid. Talking about hybrid, everyone understands the idea of the hybrid car as using hybrid technology to get the most miles out of a tank of gas. And that's a good analogy for the conventional notion of hybrid computing. ...with Windows 11's uh, thread director technology. Um, this is what enables Windows 11 to decide which of the previous microarchitectures should handle which task. So beforehand, uh, I believe the chip would basically use some AI and machine learning to kind of uh, gauge based on uh, uh, peaks and valleys through usage. Uh, I think they called, I forget the name, uh, Intel uses a specific two names for the nodes that you know release this type of resource. Uh, they will now be using or letting Microsoft dictate the, the operating experience, which is you know obviously uh, hosting all of the uh, software that you're using to kind of trigger these uh, performance cores. Let's say a user starts a performance critical task such as a game or a content creation software. Those threads first will be assigned to our performance cores. Now, if a background task such as, you know, email sync or network drive backup starts, those lower priority, less demanding tasks will go to our efficient cores. Next, let's assume a case where all the performance cores are busy, but a thread needing even higher performance becomes ready, such as an AI thread using CPU AI instruction. In this situation, thread director provides what we refer to as a hint to the OS indicating there's a higher performance thread needing attention. Thread director also identifies a candidate thread that could be moved from performance course to efficient course based on relative performance ordering, making room for that AI thread. This is where the dynamic nature of our innovation shines. Nothing is static based on any software. Everything is dynamic based on the current context of whatever is running on the system all augmented by hardware telemetry. And last, if a thread running on performance core enters a spinning state, you know, waiting for work to show up, then thread director reports this situation back to OS. This thread will be moved over to an e-core, thereby making room for a more performant thread to be allocated to our performance cores. This is our animation explanation of the technology.
let's see it in action on Alder Lake running Windows 11, incorporating threat reactor feedback in real time. They're going to let Microsoft run with that and uh, let the chipset work in line with that. So we should be seeing uh, better performance uh, and more optimization alongside uh, Windows 11. So we're not just getting, you know, even though their 11th gen chips are really good with GPU performance, things like that, they still sort of work standalone. Now that, uh, you know, this is as close as Wintel and Microsoft can get without, you know, one, you know, one cannibalizing the other to make this single stacked uh, device. I think this is going to be pretty huge uh, going forward. And then they also announced that they're going to be one-upping their XE graphics, which again, uh, for 11th gen, for anybody who's got an 11th gen PC, or tested one or read about it or saw some reviews, uh, should be, I mean, it's already proving pretty performative and pretty good uh, as far as the GPU jump for uh, Intel. They're going to be coming out with the XE HPG discrete graphics. Uh, and that's one of the things they announced. Uh, I don't know uh, what the you know, percentages are for the increased performance between the XE and whatever this new version is. They didn't get into that really. But I mean, based on uh, what I've seen from most devices running uh, XE, it can only go up. And it's, and it's pretty nice right now. So I look forward to uh, Intel doing whatever it can and Microsoft working with them in whatever way they can to give everyone performance um, as you know, we should expect from all devices, not just MacBooks or Chromebooks, or, you know, just everybody should have a baseline of 11 hours and no stuttering and no green, blue screens of death, things of that, of that nature. I just, I think everyone should have a smooth computing experience so that we can all focus on the things that are happening on the screen versus the device itself. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to be moving into fast recap. Um, I don't know if I got there earlier or not, but I'm going to put eight minutes on the board. And like I said, we have a lot to kind of get into with all of the things that are going on in a fast recap. Um, the first one I have is coming up is uh, Microsoft's investment in the zero trust data management company, Rubrik. Uh, and like I said, this is uh, big news. Uh, this may even be bigger. The Intel than the Intel stuff, which you might be scratching your head going like, you know, hey, Intel's actual devices. What does this company do? Well, let me tell you. Rubik is a data backup company based in Palo Alto, California, and it's announced a new strategic agreement with Microsoft to address the rising threats of ransomware attacks that, uh, that are affecting enterprise customers. Uh, they are basically a backup management system, company system, um, that allows people in the cloud to kind of um, restore when things kind of fall apart or get uh, compromised. Uh, Rubik, uh, I believe, uh, it's kind of already a big name, which is interesting that Microsoft's investing in them the way they are. But what this says, at least as far as the industry is concerned, I think they, uh, they invested something in the tens of millions for this. I don't know the exact number, but whatever it was, it boosted Rubik's evaluation to about $4 billion. So it was pretty big, pretty significant for Microsoft to do this. Uh, they didn't buy the company outright because Microsoft isn't in the business of backup, uh, backup management or backup data. They are trying to secure more of the front end stuff. And then they'll you know, typically uh, advise people of uh, companies that they partner with, third-party companies, to uh, for backup or restorative management uh, if anything were to happen. Because uh, there's a lot that would be on Microsoft if they were to start dealing with that. Um, 
Let's see, Microsoft supports over 2,000 mutual customers using Azure across six continents. Uh, in the press release announcing the strategic agreement, Microsoft Azure said the two companies will be providing zero trust data protection for hybrid cloud environments, including Microsoft 365. So Microsoft, with this investment, Microsoft basically given the gold stamp for any company that's looking to use Azure and looking for a backup management system to work in conjunction with them. They basically told the industry, this is who we trust, this is who we are going to be working with uh, for the long haul. And so if there were other companies that you were kind of looking at or uh, evaluating or examining, Microsoft basically put the kibosh on partnering with them if you're going to be using uh, Microsoft 365 or, or Azure for an extended period of time. Um, I also believe, listen, you put it on my conspiracy hat because I like to do that sometimes, uh, that strategic investments will be the way going forward for a lot of companies uh, as a way to kind of take ownership of a company through majority uh, shares and, and, and uh, privilege without owning it. Because, uh, you know, as we saw that uh, F the FTC did the refiling uh, of the antitrust complaint against Facebook. They're still going after Amazon. Microsoft is uh, being looked at by various uh, political parties about their involvement, uh, uh, you know, with big big tech or whatnot. Uh, so while big tech is under scrutiny, I believe strategic investments will be a way for a lot of companies to skirt around uh, being held accountable for acquisitions while still being able to kind of push your agenda and, and solidify more um, capital and growth. So, you know, expect to see more strategic investments from Microsoft. Speaking of which, uh, we're going to get into the Indian budget, whole, uh, Microsoft's investment in the Indian budget hotel chain, Oyo. Oyo, 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 O-Y-O, however you pronounce that. Uh, that's evaluated at $9.6 billion. Um, so again, another strategic investment. You might be asking, again, why would Microsoft be involved with this? At least the uh, previous investment, you know, kind of centered around data uh, backups and things like this. What, what could Microsoft want with an Indian hotel? Well, as first reported by TechCrunch uh, last month, uh, the deal has been finalized and Microsoft invested $5 million in the SoftBank-backed hosp uh, the hosp hospitality firm. Founded in 2013, OYO is an Indian uh, multinational hospitality chain of leased and franchised hotels, homes, and living villages. It is one of India's most valuable startups, but lost a significant portion of its business due to the pandemic. Uh, according to the reported estimates, OYO has raised the fresh, ca uh, the fresh capital at a post-money valuation of $9.6 billion. Um, why Microsoft wants to back this, uh, I think they're focusing on uh, moving the company. So they're basically floating them for now during the pandemic. So that they, they, the company would then now use Microsoft services. Uh, you know, so once they come out of the pandemic, they will be a fully backed uh, user of Microsoft cloud services. And if they are one of the biggest multinational hospitality chains in the area, that'll give Microsoft a foothold uh, in that area. So, you know, with, you know, whatever further growth they have, they will just be the uh, premier partner for Microsoft. So, like I said, um, from what I can see, uh, rudimentary, rudimentally, they are investing in this company so that when once the pandemic's over, they will be, you know, known as the cloud service uh, provider for hospitality in the area. And that's to billions of 
potential users, millions of potential customers as well. Uh, next thing we have is Microsoft testing Windows 10, 21, H1 features, uh, as and they're coming this fall. Uh, 21H2, I apologize, uh, let me get that correct. Um, it's finally enabling three new features that Microsoft detailed from the Windows 20H1H2 update back in July. Uh, so as I mentioned, uh, Windows 11 will be released right around uh, the fall with Windows 10 being quietly rolled out as well because you know businesses and most people are on Windows 10 as, as we speak. So they got to continue to update that. Uh, here are the three new features that should be coming or that were released this week that are out for testing for everybody. Uh, they added WPA3 H2E standard support for enhanced Wi-Fi security. The Windows Hello for Business introduces a new deployment method called Cloud Trust to support simplified passwords or password list deployments and achieve a deploy to run state within a few minutes. Uh, next, we have the GPU compute support in the Windows subsystem for Linux, uh, WSL, and Azure IoT engines for Linux on Windows uh, with the EFLOW deployment for machine learning and other computer intensive workflows. So as you can tell, uh, it seems that Microsoft is giving up um, consumer features versus enterprise features. And so if you are, a fan of strict enterprise features. You don't want any of this Windows rounded corners BS. You should stick with uh, Windows uh, 10 for the time being while it gets a lot of enterprise support, uh, especially for developers, uh, for engineers, things like that. And the rest of us will go play with our rounded corners with Windows 11. Um, that's all I got to say for that one. Uh, we'll see how they continue to you know, kind of dole out features and see which ones of these enterprise ones will make it uh, if, they aren't all, if they aren't already baked into Windows 11. Last we have up is Xbox gets a 4K dash, dashboard. Uh, that's this, uh, this is Xbox Series X and Xbox uh, Series S. I don't believe the Xbox One uh, is getting them. So I have an Xbox Series One because I couldn't, I still can't afford to get an Xbox Series X or S and Microsoft hasn't answered any of my emails about getting a test one. Uh, and they're just hard to get. But with that being said, uh, most gamers who have a Series S or Series X can now go to their console. And I believe it's an automatic update. I mean, well, as automatic as an Xbox update can be, uh, they should start to see crisper display. Uh, the font should be much nicer. Um, the sharper dashboard is currently being tested with Xbox insiders on the alpha skip ahead and alpha rings. And it should be generally available, available later this fall. So I take that back. Not everybody's going to get it those of you who are on those rings should be able to. You can always opt into them just to test it out. And if you don't like it, if you don't like the amount of updates, because I personally didn't like the amount of updates. It was like every time I started up my Xbox, it was a four gig update. I spent 20, 30 minutes just updating. And by the time I you know, wanted to play a game, it was done. I was too busy updating. Uh, despite how much, having much more power than the Xbox One, Microsoft's Xbox Series X shipped with the same 1080p uh, dashboard as its predecessor right out of the box. So people were kind of upset, like, how are you going to support 4K gaming or upscale to 4K gaming, and you can't even get your dashboard to be uh, super crisp on my 4K display? Well, those days should be coming to an end soon. Uh, testing for everyone now, or everyone in the alpha ranks now, uh, available for everybody in the fall. Uh, and that is our fast recap. I don't know how long it took me, but hopefully it didn't take you too long for you guys. Last but not least is our week ahead. Uh, we expect new Windows 11 builds to be coming out because it's a week. <laughs> That's what Microsoft does. Uh, and they have 
few of them left uh, before they need to release uh, a full polished version of Windows 11. Uh, I know uh, fellow journalist Zach uh, Bowden has been journaling uh, the volume rocker situation. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, what I mean by that is that Microsoft continues to release visual updates slowly but surely uh, for a lot of inbox apps, for different se uh, sections of the uh, OS and whatnot. But for whatever reason, they haven't touched the volume rocker from when basically Windows 8. Uh, we don't know why. Uh, so he's been tweeting about that. Uh, I've been joining him on the tweet. I think it's interesting. Uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll know that's when Windows 11 is fully and finally baked is when that volume rocker matches the rest of the OS. Uh, so you can also keep an eye on that yourself while you're testing. Um, we also have the final Edge 94 build coming in the dev channel, hopefully sometime this week. So uh, some of those uh, features that we mentioned, I believe last week, uh, and we've written about on our blog uh, or on our website uh, should be coming this week for people to test out. The last, uh, and I keep saying last but not least, but the last topic for the, for the week ahead is that Microsoft 365 is no longer supporting uh, Internet Explorer 11. Now, I need to really get into this because, again, the world ran on IE 11 for a time, and there are still businesses that do so, and so I need to make sure we get this right because uh, what's actually happening is deprecation. Uh, it's not going to be a light switch. Uh, it's more of a dimmer. Uh, so you, Microsoft trying to give companies time to transition their apps, uh, their software, um, all of the programs that de were dependent on the architecture IE 11, they're trying to get them to shift over. Uh, what they're saying is support for issues around this will be uh, unavailable and users should not expect new features and see the overall experience could get progressively worse over time until the apps and services are disconnected. Some apps though might still work uh, and Microsoft explains, well, you know, explains what those apps are. Uh, one of them being Outlook web app, uh, users logging in with an AAD uh, account will still receive the full uh, OWA experience, but will not receive the features beginning August uh, 17th. So uh, beginning of this week, uh, the features will stop for you guys. I don't even know if you were you know, judging new features because I don't know when features IE 11 was gotten since 2019, 18 or something. Well, users logging in with the Microsoft accounts, MSA accounts will be redirected to the Outlook web app uh, light experience. So uh, AAD accounts will still get uh, access to uh, the Outlook web app for IE 11. Microsoft uh, MSA accounts will now be uh, directed to the new uh, Outlook web app. Uh, also, open with open with Explorer View and File Explorer, uh, usually in SharePoint. Uh, we understand that some customers may continue to use Open with Explorer and View and File Explorer only accessible in I 11 to access document libraries. To avoid disruption, these customers will be able to use these features for now when they go uh, when they go to a document library in I 11. These features will remain in maintenance mode and aren't receiving further development. We encourage all customers to move to a modern browser and OneDrive sync for a better experience, user experience and easier access to files. So uh, there you have it. I mean, like I had mentioned before, they're trying to ship people over. You will get access to these, but uh, no future updates. And if anything breaks, I guess you might be on your own. Uh, the final one is all other apps and services will phase out over weeks and months to ensure smooth and a smooth end of support with each app and service phasing out on an independent schedule. 
Microsoft uh, doesn't, uh, I think you can check out the Microsoft Edge cover team, like they have a coverage on this uh, to see when uh, the phasings begin for certain services and apps and you know where your uh, particular needs fall within those things. So um, we will have, maybe I'll put it in the show notes, we'll have the link to where you can kind of go uh, check out this roadmap. Um, and if not, then hopefully to be on our site. And that brings us to hardware and reviews. This is normally the part of the podcast where Arf would talk about you know, all of the cool new Dell toys he's gotten. Uh, I do believe, and I hope this isn't a spoiler alert for anybody, he has come back around to the Surface Duo. So uh, we will be having some uh, reminiscent you know, coverage about that, especially leading up to the Surface Duo 2. Um, and just kind of his thoughts on having left the Surface Duo experience coming back to it. So expect to see that. Uh, I don't know if he's gotten any new toys just yet. Uh, I've spoken with him, but we'll see if he does. And I'm sure he will tweet about it as well. Uh, I, on the other hand, have gotten some mechanical keyboards that I told you I was gonna write about. I am writing about those now. I finally got some of my laptop reviews out of the way. They were kind of jacking up my queue, so to speak, uh, but they were a bit of pleasure to review. Uh, so now I can get onto the fun stuff and get you guys with some smaller devices that aren't you know, thousands of dollars to play around with. If you guys are just looking for new things to spruce up your office, like I should be doing soon, uh, or just new gadgets to take out on your light small travels if you are starting to get back into the world of traveling. Like I said, I have a power bank that uh, I should have a review for, and I believe they have kind of a discount code. Hopefully, I can get you guys in on that before it ends. Um, and as usual, I do have some laptop stuff that I need to talk about as well. So uh, expect to see some of that stuff trickling out this week. You can find me at Mindhead1 on Twitter, uh, Arif Bacchus at Arif Bacchus, I believe, on, or Abac Jern. That's right. That's what he's Abac Jern on Twitter. And then uh, if you want to keep up with any of our reviews, our editorials, uh, latest breaking news, uh, comments, anything like that, uh, direct them all to on Microsoft on Twitter. Um, I am glad you guys hung out with me uh, by myself. Hope you, hope I wasn't joining on too much. Hope it was entertaining. Uh, and if you guys think you can do better, please let us know. Uh, I would love to have you on as a host for moments like these. Uh, other than that, you guys uh, have a great weekend. Stay safe. If you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated. If not, stay home, but stay safe. Talk to you guys soon.